look. Oh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just going to... Right. Where's that of a microphone? Right, you... Right, no, no, keep them lifted high. Right, I'm going to pick on someone. Jerry, tell me, tell me what you've drawn. It's a yeah. picture of a church seat, I think. It's a bad picture of a church. But there's, a, there's, there's somebody walking in. It's got two windows and a door. It's got a bell. It's yeah. got a belfry. Yeah. There's a, there's a little a matchstick man going in a smiley face. Okay, then. Right, Martin. Pass the Martin, what have you drawn? Um, I've drawn a lot of people around side, outside a building, because that's where we should do our Christian bit. And up on the top, I oh, know, very theological, this one. And up the top, there's an angel. Oh, there we go. Right, let's have a look. Right, now then, if... Ah, right. If you have drawn a building, stand up. Sit down, right, okay. If you've drawn something that isn't a building, stand up. Ah, right, let's have a look. Rosemary, tell me what you've tell me what you've drawn. Well, I've drawn a lot of people, young and old. Right. And, um, the church is people, not a building. <laughs> That's very well. Yes. Um, God, what have you? I've put a star, some people, and some flowers. You put a star, some people, and some flowers. Brian, go and tell me what you've drawn. I've drawn people. You've drawn people. Well done. Sit down. Here's the first thing. What we're going to do this morning is this. We're gonna, you've got a postcard. When you came in, you should have been given a postcard, yes? Everyone got a postcard? Wave the postcard. You see that first bit of the postcard? It says that, doesn't it? In the big square. Kind of, what does it say? Read it to me. A picture of the church, who not what. It's amazing, isn't it? We mention the word church. And for lots of people, they immediately think of this building. We draw a building. Even if we have conversations with people outside the church. Like I did, I had a conversation with someone on Friday afternoon. And they started to talk about the church. And and they were talking about a building. Whereas a church is never about a building. It's about a people. It's about a a, a movement. It's about a, a gathering. That's what it was always meant to be. It's always about a who, not a what. And so what we're going to do during February, all the way through almost to Easter, as we go through all these changes as a church, we're going to go back to what is the church all about? What does it mean to be part of a church And the first thing that we're going to look at is we're going to look through the book of Ephesians. The reason we're looking through the book of Ephesians is because it gives us the best thinking on what it means to be a church. And this morning, we're going to look at the big picture. We'll look at detail over along, but here it all is, all along. There's all the words. It will take you less than 20 minutes to read that. If you're an adult, less than 20 minutes. And we're going to look at what does it mean to be church. And the first thing is who, not what. 
We're going to think of the second thing now because I still don't think we've got any songs, have we? No? Okay. We've still not got any songs, so we're going to do the second thing. Right. And we haven't got anything on the screen either, have we? No? Okay. Right. Here we go. You should somewhere... Who's got a piece of paper? If you're on this side, you've got a piece of paper, and it says Ephesians 1. And if you're on that side, you've got a piece of paper with Ephesians 2 on. Now, not every pew has got one. Because the idea is, is that you read it with the pew behind, or the pew in front of you, whoever has got the sheet And what I want you to do is I want you to read, if you've got Ephesians chapter 1, I want you to read verses 3 to 14 together. If you've got Ephesians chapter 2, what I want you to do is I want you to read from verse 1 through to verse 13. So if you've got Ephesians chapter 2, you've read verses 1 to 13 and you kind of read it together so gather together in the pews or gather together with the people behind you in the pews if you've got this side you're on Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 14 and what you're looking for is this you know sometimes what happens is this just before you start reading it someone like me might stand up and say the book of Ephesians is all about this And you might be thinking, how on earth does he know the book of Ephesians is all about that? And the way you learn often is, the way I learn is this. I keep reading it over and over again. So I'll read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, over and over and over again. And what I start to notice is certain key words or phrases are repeated And that starts to tell me what the book is about. Now, I don't mean words like the or and or to. I mean far more bigger words. So what you are looking for is this. You are looking for a phrase, first of all. The phrase is two words. It's in Christ. Or it might get shortened to in him. So what you've got to do is you've got to work together and you have to find me four times when in Christ is mentioned. And it's a bit of a race. So you're racing against everyone on this side. You're racing against everyone on this side. And when you find four, circle them and bring them to me. Who's in who's in William's team? Okay, okay, okay. Whoa. Are you bringing one, Harry? Brilliant. Hey, you found more. There you go. Right, who's got chapter two? There we go. 
Look at that. Yep, 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 yep. Wonderful. Right. Let's have a look at this together. Because maybe we didn't find it. The phrase is this. In Christ is the phrase. There we go. We see it there. In verse 3. You can follow it if you've got the sheet of paper there. We see it in verse 4. In Christ. We see it in verse 7. In Him. And so on. We see it again in in verse 9. In Christ. And in verse 11. In Christ. And in verse 13. In Him. But what it says is it isn't just the ways that it says it. It's what it does with it. Do you see what it says when it says in Christ? That we have been blessed in Christ. It says that we were chosen in Christ. Think about that for a minute. Chosen before the world was created. God chose you. Then what else have we got? We've got, we talked about something about the cross through Jesus dying for us. It talks about that we know God through knowing Jesus. It talks about an inheritance And it talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit in Christ over and over again. But I don't know about you, but I think about it. What does that mean? In Christ. Let's say it together. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. What does that mean? You see, this is what it means. Or this is what the person who wrote this book was trying to get across. You know, we use the term, we say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And for so many people, when you start to talk about, to people about what does it mean to be a Christian, you get such a spectrum of ideas, don't you? And you suddenly find, well, oh, I'm not sure I am a Christian anymore. What does that mean? This was how the person who wrote the letter to the Ephesians, and he wrote a lot of the Bible, defined a Christian in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Simply as that. He never used the word Christian. Never ever. And he wrote more than a third of the Bible. He just said, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You are in Christ. And when I think about that, I think about my identity. I think about who I am. It brings about value. I think about security. I think of how that meets my basic human need because everyone wants to be loved. And it reminds me that I am loved in Christ. In Christ, just a, a wonderful phrase. So sometimes when, you might, when, when people might say to you next time, oh, you're a Christian, you could turn around and say, no, I'm in Christ. And see what conversation starts from there. Because it tells me that I'm not defined by Even who I think I am. I'm not defined by how anyone else thinks I am. I'm not defined by my past. I'm defined by being in Christ. Right, we're now going to look at a word. Here's a word that comes up lots and lots of times. So who's got, who's doing chapter one? Who wants the sheep back? Who's not? Right, let's give, a, let's give an option for different people to try and work it out. Right, who's got chapter two? And hasn't got their sheet left anymore? 
There we go. Right. Here's the word. Everyone got... Right. Simple word. And let's see if we can do it. I want you to find me three times. Because it occurs three times in chapter one. It occurs three times in chapter two. The word is this. Grace. Find me the word grace. Have you got them? If you bring them out, if you've got them. Three. Three. There we go. Okay. How are we doing with those songs? We've not got any songs yet. Right, we're going to teach you a song in a minute. Justin. Justin. Justin, we're going to, we're going to do the last song first because it will help me. Hey, thank you, Harry. You know, I started last week at St. George's, and last week, while well, a bit of ad lib, while Justin's getting ready, basically, and I said to them last week, I said, I said, I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late because I wasn't doing nothing at the 10 o'clock last week. And so I thought I'd have plenty of time to get to St. George's for, for 11 o'clock. And in the end, I got there at 11.04. So we started the service about 11.08. And I said, I'm very sorry that, that, that I'm, I'm running late. It might be something that you'd have to get used to over the next few months. Anyway. So I got all this service planned out. And at this stage, I'm going to get to St. George's by quarter to 11. It's going to be amazing. Right. Grace. Do you see that in verse 1? Grace to you. There we go. Once more. In verse 6. His glorious grace. There we go in verse 8. The riches of his grace. If you had chapter 2, you found it here, didn't you? Really important word. By grace, you have been saved. Or you had the riches of his grace. Although by grace you have been saved through faith. You know that one word, grace. You know, sometimes some of us may think, well, grace is a girl's name, isn't it? Or a woman's name. Or we think of grace and we think of something we might say before our meal. But grace is the word. You know, sometimes you might have a conversation with people or they might start the conversation like this. I have this conversation with people and they say, oh, well, all these religions, they're all the same. And what I'm thinking in my head is this. I'm a bit more politer than this. I'm thinking, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. That's what I'm really thinking, but I don't say it like that because... What it means is this, they don't know very much about Christianity because grace is the thing we'll be looking at in two weeks' time. Grace is what separates Christianity from every other religion and belief system out there. Grace, this word, this, this free gift, 
See that free gift, this rich gift that God has, has lavished on us. It's something abundant. It comes from God. It's nothing that we can do. It's all about grace. And what we'll find as we look through this book, through February and March, is we'll see repeatedly this word grace appearing. And we'll start to, to look at it. Now we're going to sing, aren't we? And we're going to sing without any lyrics. Now, this is a very simple song. It's a very simple song. Some of you will, if you've been in the church lots of years, you will know this song. And you will know it because you'll think it means this. It's called, We Are Marching in the Light of God. But we've changed the words. And we've changed the words to these words. Sit, walk, stand. Something that we do all the time, isn't it? Every day, every hour almost, we sit down, we walk, we stand. And we change the lyrics because it teaches us something else about what this book of Ephesians is all about. And so we're going to follow the actions. So we're going to sit for the first verse. Then for the second verse, I've done enough talking, we're going to walk around and we're going to sing. And then for the final verse, we're going to stand. Now, Justin, what are the words? In the love of God. Really easy because you can stay sat down, which is lovely. Yeah. And we just repeat it, don't yeah. we? Sitting in the love of God. Yeah. And what's the second verse? We are walking in the light of God. We are walking in the light of God. And what's the third one? We are standing in the power of God. We are standing in the power of God. So have you got that? And you're going to remind us, aren't you, each time, Justin? Because we'll forget. Uh, yeah, I'll try to. <laughs> okay, then. Right. <laughs> so we'll stay sitting for the first one. need you to find now, and the children might be able to help with this, I need you to find me something that you sit on. Find me something, you've got plenty of things, you might not be able to lift up a pew, but find me something and bring it to me that you, that you can sit on. Thank you, do you want to, Freya, just sit, just sit down with it, just hold that, just sit down. Just stay down. Find me something else that you can sit on. You can sit on the floor, yeah, yeah, but which will help you sit on the floor. Ah, very good. Very good. Very good. Oh, you can sit on it if you want. Oh, I can sit on it. There we go. Look at this. Thank you very much. Why on earth are we... Why have, I, why have we sang that song, you know, for a minute? Sit, walk, stand. I need you to find me something else in a minute, but why do we have this one, sit? You see, the reason why we have it is this. If you want to know what this book of Ephesians is all about, there are three other words that help us. And it's just simply this, sit, walk, stand. Over and over again, you'll see this phrase. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, you'll hear the word sit. Sit. 
You know, what is, when I think about that, what does it mean? Well, it talks about where Jesus is sitting now. That when Jesus died and rose again and ascended, he says he sat at the right hand of God. And then incredibly in chapter 2, it says this. It says that when you, by grace, know God, that when you become, if you like, in Christ, you know how. It says that we are seated with Jesus in heaven. And I think about that. Seated with Jesus in heaven and I think I'm walking on this earth. What does that mean? And this is what it means, I think, a bit in part. It means that when we think there are various things that help us to sit and we think about where Jesus is and it talks about how we are in Christ and it tells us something about actually our identity that we might be living on this earth, but we are actually belong to God. And where God is, is in heaven. When I think about it, I'm really glad that Freya brought this kneeler up. Because in part it helps us to sit, but also it helps us to think a bit about prayer. You know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, remember those words? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that's what it means in part to be, to sit with Jesus. It's to pray. Because there's tremendous authority in prayer. But now I want you to find something else. This is a bit more easier. I want you to find me something that helps you to walk. What do you think? What else? What else? But, but what have you got on your feet? Do you want to take them off a minute? Have you, have, you, have you changed your socks today? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> Let's have a look at these. Can I have a look at yours? Yeah. You see, look at these. Shoes help us to walk. Or boots help us to walk. Or, or Alethea's got trainers on. They all help us to walk. And in this passage... Particularly after chapter 4, it says to walk, walk in Christ. It will say walk and live a life like Christ would. We could have a stick, couldn't we? That will help us to walk. Because walk, it'll say walk in love. It'll say walk as in the light of God that we've sang. You know, shoes help us to walk. They're not the only thing that help us to walk, though, are they? Because where we walk makes a difference. Who we walk with makes a difference. And so, during March, we'll start to look at what does it mean to walk? Because you can only walk once you've learned to sit. Because that's what makes Christianity different from everywhere else. It's not about doing things. You can only do things once you've learned to sit. Right, now I want you to find me the third thing. We're going to think about this word stand. Uh, to think about the word stand, I want you to find me something that you can fight with. Go and find me something around the church that you can, that you can fight with or that will help you. Oh, I've lost your shoe.
<laughs> that would help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, we could use that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Bring it up here. How are we doing, songs-wise? Basically. Oh, we're good. We're good. Right. Okay. Right. What have we got? We've got a sword. Hold the sword. We've got a helmet. Anyone got anything else we can fight with? Yeah, we've got a shield at the back. Thank you. You're a bit of a ninja, aren't you? I can see with this. What else we got? We got some swords, you see. Where did they find those swords? Yeah. Where did they find those swords? You see, what we learn about right at the back of this book, right over here in Ephesians chapter 6, is we learn what it means to stand and to stand and fight against the, the enemy, the devil. And sometimes we get this all wrong. Because sometimes we think about fighting and we think, right, I've got to go on the advance and I've got to go on out there and so on from there. And actually what it talks about is it's talking about, actually you don't need to do anything new. It's holding on to the victory that we already have through Jesus' death and his resurrection of who we are. Lovely on you, Amy, that helmet. <laughs> I see. Go on then, try. Are you going to put it on my head? Oh, come on then. Watch my hair. I'm sure you didn't understand that. Whoa, thank you. Whoa. Let's put the helmet on like that. There we go. Thank you. But that's what we do, isn't it? It's called the armour of God. And one of the part of the helmet, we'll just use the helmet. It's the helmet of salvation, isn't it? It reminds us of our thought life. And that who we are in Christ. Just take hold of the... You know what the sword's called? The sword is called the sword of the Spirit. And the great thing about the sword is this. You know, there's nothing more powerful than the sword. Nothing. Remember that. Do you know what the sword represents? It's the words of God to say. Wonderful. Let's go and sit down. You can go and take the swords to your father. He can watch over you while you fight. <laughs> Do you want your shoes back? Oh, there's your you can take the you, you can take the stick, yeah. Yeah, your dad's a paramedic, that's fine. You can take it. Who wants your shoes back? There we go. Are we going to sing another song? Two minutes. <laughs> Who's got the postcard? Can I borrow yours, Rosemary? So if we look at this postcard, what we're going to do over these next two months is think about what does it mean to be a church and what I've done to, to help you is I've put lots of Bible references on the various different parts for you to go away and to start looking at this book of Ephesians and it will help you every week to read this over and over again because we'll be looking at it each, each Sunday. We'll be looking at a different part of it and we'll be looking at these words. What does it mean to sit, to walk, 
to sit with Jesus? What does it mean to walk for Jesus in the world? What does it mean to stand for Jesus against the enemy? We'll hear this phrase repeated over and over again, in Christ, because it just reminds us who we are and that whose we are because of this word grace. So take it home and use it. And so I'm going to finish with a prayer. Because one of the things that we'll find in this book of Ephesians is there's lots of prayers. This is what I've done. You know, some of us, we've got Bibles at home, but we don't like to write on them, do we? Or some of us maybe like to scribble on them. But So I've just printed off the Ephesians text. And so this is how I started to find out things. I just started to circle it and just started to find all the different references and how it's important. But in chapter 3, right at the end, there's this great prayer that we're just going to think about. So let's just pray for a moment. And just before I say this prayer, think, right. Which is the bit this morning that God wanted you to hear? Which is the bit this morning that you're glad that you came? And so now to him, who by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.